Hey everyone, this is Jay Alejandro and I am joined by Maddie. And I would like to welcome you to episode number 38 of Our Kids Asleep. We made it to one more episode after a long, long episode drought. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. We got a, we got a whole new setup right now, <coughs> thanks to uh, Jess from uh, Better Beauty Business mm-hmm. Podcast. And uh, we're also stuck because we're in quarantine. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah, semi-quarantined. Or as they called it, a semi-quarantine kind of life, which was a late 90s joke that only I chuckled at. I think it was in the middle of the night. Mm. How's how's this been for you? Let's decompress a little bit on the quarantine situation. Because the last time we talked about this was strictly coronavirus. Like this new thing that was happening about a month ago and... From one month ago until now, what has changed about the way that we live our lives? Um, I mean, thankfully, we're still both working. Um, that's not the case for everyone. Um, and so we are not like fully quarantined at this point. We're like partially quarantined. Right. So you're working from home a few days a week. I'm working now part time. Um, so I'm home some of the week. Um, but when we are home, we're home. But it's a general disruption, right? It's it's a weird, yeah. I mean, of, I think of the environment. I think the disruption is that we're not going anywhere. You know, I mean, we're kind of homebodies anyway. But I feel like we're really reining it in in terms of like just the, going places. You know, right? We, and personally, I didn't feel it until this week. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I, I think I was doing okay until probably Thursday or Friday when I was like, oh, typically we would be making plans for the weekend. And now it just feels strange because I'd like to take our, our child to go do something. But I think more than anything, when it affects our children is really when we start seeing the full effect of it. Because most of us, we can just kind of take it or leave it. We can be okay with it. Yeah, I think um, this because this is like the third or fourth weekend where we haven't done anything. And so, you know, it's not uncommon for us not to do something on the weekends. Like sometimes we just stay home, but other times I wouldn't say we go this many weekends without doing something. And so that's, I definitely have started feeling that. Yeah. Um, just like, what are we doing this weekend? The same thing we did to the grocery store is out of the question. And that's usually a very basic way to get out and get some air. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, so that's been kind of, um, I don't know. I don't think that's been like super difficult for us because we're already not yeah, and not prone to going out. But I definitely do feel the confinement a little bit. Right. And, um, the, and that's why I think it's important to note that we've been doing okay up until now. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that in conjunction with this this sort of anxiety mm-hmm. i think that's that's what i'm feeling lately is an underlying anxiety about not knowing how it's going to pan out for the long term mm-hmm. you have a lot of speculation about whether things will resume in a couple of months or it won't be the same ever again and there's not really anything in the middle so it's really hard for me to process that and i think it's manifesting as just this deep-seated anxiety about how we're going to be around people again. Yeah, I think the thing that's causing me the most anxiety is uncertainty. I right. mean, it's and it's not just uncertainty on like a layperson's level. Like even the people who are supposed to know 
don't, don't know. know. Yeah. And they're pretty much have told us that. Like we can we can speculate, we can project, but we can't tell you for sure how long this is going to last. Right. Um and so I think for me that creates a lot of anxiety and just the people who should know don't know. And that's scary. Um but I also think that we're doing everything we can to keep our family safe and to keep other people safe. So that's really all we can do. You yeah. know, we can't control what other people do. We can't, you know, you're an essential and we can't really avoid that. And, yeah. and um, to be honest, a majority of working class people, which is a good chunk of the country, cannot avoid this. Right. They have to be exposed to being out in the public and serving the public in some shape or form because mm -hmm. so many of our jobs are service-based. Yeah. Right? Like grocery store people or... Fast know, food workers. Fast food workers, warehouse people, you know, mm -hmm. folks who are who are trying to, to move product to the stores. Um, a lot of those those people, I mean, we, we just kind of have to deal with it. But I think... The only comfort that I'm taking right now is that I I feel like I'm taking ownership of my my own safety, right? There's a lot of people, especially in Wyoming, who aren't believing that COVID-19 is a credible threat at all. Um, they feel that it's more of a threat to our economy and our, our democracy or our republic, I guess. And it's really difficult to get a sense of... I guess it distorts your thinking in a way. I, I feel like my thinking is affected on it. Like, should I be more lax on it or not? But mm -hmm. having those those realizations that I can take ownership of my own public safety and the safety of others makes me feel really good. And I would rather look like a fool with egg on my face with people telling me, I told you so it wasn't going to be as bad as I thought than to potentially bring harm to anyone else in my community right. and in particular my family i mean that would be devastating to yeah. me but it's a it's a shitty weird time there's no real way to quantify the ups and downs that we have I, it feels like a roller coaster mm -hmm. of emotions yeah one day i'm completely forgetting about it i feel great and then next day it's it's just that same tension, that same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realize that there's very few times a day where I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And I, this is actually a little bit alluding to the next topic we're going to talk about, but while I'm watching the show, we're going to talk about um, shrill on Hulu. I actually realized um, the night that I kind of binged the first part of this first season when you were sleeping, um, I realized that I hadn't looked at my phone in like, two and a half or three hours <laughs> and I had completely forgotten about the situation and when I looked back at my phone before I went to bed and like was scrolling and like all these coronavirus memes hit me I was just yeah. like oh it felt really good to just sort of disconnect for a minute and not think about it well the hysteria is contagious it's so it's so much and it's it's so prevalent right now that every other post is about coronavirus whether it's a serious thing like like some some shitty meme or hard-hitting news about what's going on in italy or whether they implemented ubi in spain to help the pandemic or whether we're fucking up something again uh at the federal yeah. level it it's a lot mm -hmm. and i don't 
think I realized quite how much it was affecting me. Like, you don't ever really think, like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, and the, and there's the people that are saying, like, what did we even talk about before coronavirus? And that's, mm-hmm. it's funny, but it's actually kind of true. Yeah. Like, you can't have a conversation with anyone right now and for that not to come up, you know? And it's yeah. just, it's almost like there is nothing else to talk about, you know? And, but, but I would say that when you actually make the effort to talk about something else, like we did with Sam and Austin, you know, like we talked about it for quite a bit, but then we eventually steered the conversation away to comedy and movies and things right. we've been watching and but, whatever. But I think that that this is what you have to do to overcome that. You have to clear the floor of that issue right away. And you have to give yourself a, a, a slim time frame to say, okay, we're going to talk about coronavirus or the pandemic or the quarantine for the next 10 minutes. And then that shit is out the window. We put that thought you know, outside of our conversation and then we can focus on being friends again and being um, attentive to the other, the other areas of our life. But I, I, that does lead me to, to another point, which I guess is the saving grace of this whole fucking thing, which is the connections that we have in our lives. And you realize, I don't want to say that I've taken things for granted, but it's just really nice to use this, horrible thing for those of us who can as an opportunity to reach out to people that we love and care about and just communicate, just Mm -hmm. support each other long distance and, and try to keep each other comforted Yeah, because everyone is feeling the same thing. And I don't know that we will have a better time to bridge any kind of gaps with the, the people that we care about than now we are all on the same page in a way Mm -hmm. and we can really start finding common ground on any other thing that might've been going on. Not that, you know, I'm getting in fights with any of my friends or anything, but I I just think it's a good, a good way to kind of come to a conversation on with an level playing field Mm -hmm. and everyone is, is committed to just trying to help each other and, and communicate. But it's been nice talking to our friends. I think we we've kind of touched base with um, just about everyone Mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely talked to more people than I have in a while. Yeah. You, you feel, you feel shitty because of what's going on in the world. But personally, I, I feel the most love in my community that I felt in a long time because everyone's trying something. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to reach out. And even if, if, you know, outside of your social circle, the community is trying to do something too. Yeah. And you can feel that that makes you feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. But Sorry, that's a tangent, but (laughs) I mean, is that, is that pretty far from what you're feeling? No, I mean, I think it's, um, it's almost like why did it take a pandemic for me to reach out to people, you know, that I should be reaching out to more frequently. Um, you know, I called up a friend that I haven't talked to in a while and I just called her out of the blue and like left her a voicemail. Like it's 1997. (laughs) And, you know, she called me back a a day or so later and she was like, I'm so glad you called. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just like, you know, it's like when you talk to, when you haven't talked to somebody in a while and you get that awkward feeling like, oh, it's been a long time. Like, is it weird that I call them? Like, it's just so out of the blue. And then eventually you're just like, well, just forget it. Just do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? They don't pick up. 
And that's, you know, I literally think that every single time I reach out to talk to anyone, yeah. I'm like, they're too busy. They don't want to talk to they me. They don't want to talk to me. Yeah. And then you talk to them and they're like, I miss you. I'm so glad you yeah. called. Like, how are you? How are, you know, it's like, it's like you never, there was never any time between the last time you talked and yeah. now. So um, I guess let this be a lesson. Don't think after this is all over that you can't go back or maintain yeah. this kind of communication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that felt pretty good, you know, and there's, uh, I've actually had a lot of good news from friends, like in the last few weeks, um, <laughs> that's true. people that's having true. babies, people getting engaged, like a lot of stuff is happening that's exciting, you know, and, yeah. um, so a lot of good stuff is happening, even though we're in the midst of, yeah. you know, this horrible thing. I'm really glad I could tell people that I ate a whole bag of cookies too as a coping mechanism because of all that fucking <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh, stress ago. eating happening i'm sure right that's now. about the highlight of what i think I had um, to offer. i think the overall percentage of obesity in this country is going to skyrocket after this yeah. there will be heavier people and there will be more babies yeah that's and maybe really the consensus well this is a little morbid but maybe less people because of the domestic homicides that are probably going oh, to go up shit <laughs> did you see that yeah all balances it, out it, <laughs> It went up by, well, it, there was that article that I had shared with you mm -hmm. about uh, this particular community in, in Utah where it went up by like 76%. Mm -hmm. and it, Domestic it, violence, domestic not domestic homicide. Yeah, yeah. But um, what were you talking about this in, in the car, I think yesterday or the day before, mm -hmm. where we just were curious about the patterns of, of how much is going unchecked right now because of the overwhelming demand on, on police and, mm. and all of these incidents rising and how there's that correlation between finances and just violence and, yeah. and how the domestic climate is just so fucked up right now mm -hmm. that it's, it's really hard for somebody without money to be, yeah to be I keeping think their emotions in check. I think that's like the biggest disparity that i'm seeing like online the biggest thing that seems to make people really angry right now mm -hmm. is um like p rich people people with money people with privilege who are you know it's usually celebrities yeah. people who have the luxury of you know pretty much like flying the coop you mm -hmm. know, from like New York or Los Angeles to whatever fucking ranch in Montana they own, you know, to get away from to get away from the big the risks of the big city. Yeah. And can just hole up in their mansion for an indefinite amount of time and not have to worry about money. Right. And then, you know, you have people who are like I th I think there's a there's a a general sentiment online that it's it's out of touch. It's um it's just not good in good taste to yeah. It almost to seems flaunt that way. what you're doing, like how you're enjoying, or maybe not enjoying quarantine, but how you're spending quarantine in a way that is not available yeah, to a majority of Americans. It's outside of our realm of understanding. In a moment of complete panic and crisis, that there's there's people who are thinking about just really stupid shit like uh the the thing that the celebrities did here about uh the pandemic and they they sang the song 
Oh, they gave him a lot of shit. Yeah, it was um, Gal Gadot's video. Wonder Woman did did the video. It's and... Imagine by John Lennon, and she got like a bunch of celebrities together, and was like, "Hey, yeah. it'd be nice if we all sang a line of this song Just and put it together and cheer l- everyone up, lifts people's spirits." And they got dragged so bad on the yeah. internet, and like, that was like the second week or f- yeah, like it was a week really early on. It. I'm like, shit, like. We were at 6 million people mm-hmm. uh, filing for unemployment. You know, this was before shit got bad. Mm-hmm. And and by, you know, by bad, I, I just mean like a complete downward spiral. Worse than it was. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think the argument was that if you're able to have this, and I, I love this term mm-hmm. that, that Twitter was kind of spouting around, this cosmopolitan quarantine mm-hmm. where you you're enjoying these privileges and flaunting it in a way without actually doing your part and and donating advocating for charities i mean doing shit that actually mobilizes people on the ground to help people who won't have a roof over their heads come the first of april or or whenever that first deadline was um you're really you're really uh screwing things up Mm -hmm. you know you're a lot of these people have the means all of them do you got to step up you got to do something and while some people might say you can't really tell these people what to do with their money, I think it reveals character. It mm-hmm. reveals the the true nature of people, what they do in these situations. And I mean, I think that the argument is made that you have a moral obligation to help. Right. right. You know, and if you're not if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? Yeah. You know, what is like, what is the point of you? Yeah. Um and I I think that there is there is a value in the relief that that people in Hollywood and celebrities and artists provide. You know, I don't want to lump them together because I think in this particular scenario, I'm just I'm talking, not talking about, about their art. We're talking about yeah, people yeah. who are their the art is separate. I think from their representation in real life. You know, like the representation mm-hmm. of themselves in real just life. Just people. Yeah, yeah, and I I read an, I heard this stupid BuzzFeed article about about that video, that Gal Gadot video. And one of the people that was in it, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, I don't know. He was roped into it by Kristen Wiig, who apparently is also friends with Gal Gadot. I didn't know that. Mm. Maybe they did a movie together or something. But he was basically saying like, he had a feel, like an inkling that maybe this wasn't <laughs> the greatest idea, but he was like, whatever, it's fine, whatever. And he, he made the conscious choice to do his little, his line in the bathroom of his house yeah. so that it wasn't, there was no backdrop of like this big mansion or wherever he lived. Right. He had the, the, the self-awareness to be like, I don't want to like brag about where I'm spending yeah. my quarantine. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other celebrities did not have that self-awareness, <laughs> you know? And like, <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting kind of, I think it's, it doesn't take much. For people like that to become out of touch. Yeah. Well, I think it's. And to just have no sense of that. It's the Jay Z and Beyonce syndrome where they feel their their presence or their opinion on something becomes an act of charity because Mm. of the the amount of publicity that they will bring to a particular cause or or good thought or sentiment. Uh, They believe that that is enough, that has enough gravity in the real world to make a difference which i guess you know it's publicity Mm -hmm. free publicity but you got to be backing it up with something Mm -hmm. you gotta 
you got to be advocating for something mm-hmm. and, and just a feel good sentiment. I don't know that it was the right thing yeah, to do at that time. People were really not feeling it. Um, well, you, you contrast, I mean, like you're saying people with these mansions and then on the, on the flip side of that, you have individuals who aren't going to be able to feed their family in two weeks mm-hmm. or they just received their last paycheck and they're not going to be able to, to keep their home you know, or feed their families or pay their bills, whatever, get evicted. It's a serious time. Mm -hmm. It's a scary time for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, people just need to, celebrities just need to uh, keep their mouth shut. Chill out right now. Yeah. Like, how about you don't just post shots of like, it was Justin Timberlake that was getting shit for it. Like yeah. posting pictures of them on their Montana ranch, just like in the middle of nowhere, like quarantining, like, you know, quarantine like, life. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, dude, like yeah. it's not, it's not making you look good. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, reaching out to people is people you know and love during this weird time is, it's not just good for you. It's good for them. It's good for you. It's good for everyone to. Yep. A good recipe for well-being yeah. right now, which, man, for for a lot of people in particular, I'm kind of a germaphobe sometimes. Sometimes. All the time. I like a little germaphobe. But yeah. Yeah. Now. You're not um, Howie Mandel, but you're definitely. It's, it's uh, pretty bad. It's a shitty time to be a germaphobe. It is, yeah. Um, and again, not to downplay the horrible things that other people are going through, but you just, man, I want to find the, like some way to lighten up about this whole thing. Um, and I think the secret is like reaching out to people and putting your phone down. Yeah. Like have, an, have intimate moments. Don't mm-hmm. reach out to have these revelations or or... or happenings you know you you don't need to be up to date on everything because i think that raises the intensity and you can't really be a human being Mm -hmm. when you're under that much you know stress and anxiety coming at you yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer is definitely putting your phone down is part (laughs) of it yeah and watching funny shit yeah that helps that helps a lot we have been watching a lot of stand-up right now we've been watching a lot of comedy shows and uh, I did take a break from from comedic shit, and I did decide to watch Noah, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a fucking magical, great, amazing movie. Maybe I did that for Easter. I don't know. Maybe mm, I knew unconsciously. It was, yeah, it was You're like Easter it's Holy Week. week. Let's yeah, watch yeah. Darren Aronofsky's is, uh, <laughs> interpretation of Noah, the Ark. This is a um, an interesting retelling of, <laughs> of something of a religious origin. I don't know. But tell me about the show that you've been watching that I slept through when I was exhausted from work. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching Shrill on Hulu. And this is um, A.D. Bryant's show that she's created. She's the SNL. I don't think she's... Is she still on SNL or is she an alum? She is still on SNL? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's about a girl named Annie. And she is a journalist. And she... It's pretty much just like her, like... Work, make, making her way through life, yeah. navigating relationships, and with with her roommate, with her kind of boyfriend, with yeah. her coworkers, 
um, and sort of navigating this world as a fat person and mm-hmm. how that is really difficult and yeah. is not um, not uh, some of the stuff I haven't thought about. And I think mm-hmm. it's um, it's been a kind of an educational experience um, in that regard. And but it's also funny. It's there's lots of laughs and it's there's serious moments and there's dramatic moments and but there's always this undertone of of joy mm-hmm. and so i think that yeah. sort of it sort of lifts it up even when it's um when she's having a hard time or when something bad happens like there's always this sort of undertone of joy in it and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of why it, it drew me in was um that it wasn't, wasn't heavy it wasn't heavy but it still was able to talk about important things mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of great, there's not a lot of people in it that I recognized, which I actually really liked. Yeah. But I did want to give a shout out to John Cameron Mitchell, who I saw on there, uh, better known as uh, the originator of Hedwig. Yeah. He plays uh, her boss at the newspaper she works he's, at. He's always amazing. And, and he's so, he's hilarious. He is. He's very funny in the show. And um, I, I must say, I only caught like the last three or four episodes, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something you watched like a few with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the the actors that are in it are great, um, and I don't know much about them, but their performances in this show are definitely like mm. they're worthy of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think it's fun, and I again, I I need to just make a list of shows that I'm <laughs> meaning to watch because I forget, and then like you know you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and trying yeah. to find something to watch. And you told me you were sitting there for like thirty minutes. Yeah, like half an hour going across all the platforms trying to <laughs> pick something well, that I there's hadn't. Always something good, yeah. I know. I just it's hard to commit to something when there's so many options. It's pretty anxiety inducing because <laughs> you look at if you take a step back and yeah. you actually look at. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and you go between those three, there's there's not enough firepower or in your CPU brain to handle the options. Yeah. I can't fathom how much content there is on there yeah. now. Yeah. Look, well Shrill is good because it's um each episode is about twenty five minutes mm-hmm. and there's only six in the first uh season and then there's eight in the second season. So it's actually really manageable. Yeah, and I love that. I mean I'm really kinda getting tired of these these shows with with fucking long seasons and these mm-hmm. long haul productions where we have to go for nine seasons mm-hmm. because there's these really insanely stretched out arcs i can understand that there is a beauty in in crafting like that kind of character like mazel saga mazel's like that well i mean although there's only there's only three seasons but how many seasons or how many episodes per season are there Mm, oh quite a few maybe 15 yeah yeah, and they're that's each there. they're each forty five minutes, but that's Maisel feels like premium channel content. It doesn't feel like cable content, right? You know, like, right, and that's a that's a big difference. But I think yeah. just overall, I'm I'm talking about the the speed of life right now, mm-hmm. and all the other shit that's going on. I I'm still advocating for this. I'm still a fan of the the thirty minute, you know, six or eight episode season like the bbc model yeah you're you're getting good solid content you're you're getting um episodes that are long enough for you to commit to something but not have it take your entire life Mm -hmm. or your entire afternoon like watching breaking bad i still feel like i want to finish that show but the commitment to it is just yeah 
I, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Just, just thinking about just it. Just thinking about yeah. getting into it. Don't get me wrong. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. would love to finish it someday. I just don't know when. Yeah. I think part of that is just like being parents. And like our time is pretty valuable. Um, right now. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. At least it feels like I don't want to. You don't want to take a chance. Yeah. On, on a show that might not. That might be too time consuming. And or... even a show that I know is good. Like Breaking Bad. Like I just don't have the brain space well you yeah exactly you don't to have commit the, to it. the real estate in your head no. and your heart to commit well to and it. also right now i mean that is not the show to be watching i mean <laughs> yeah. it's too depressing we what we when i was what was it before when i was pregnant or after we started watching it when you were pregnant yeah and i remember we watched it like way too many episodes in a row like over the course of a couple weeks yeah. and i started to feel it like i was feeling down you just felt completely drained. i was just like depleted emotionally and i was like yeah. what is wrong with me and then i looked at like how far in we were and i was like oh we need to like that's what it is we need to space yeah. it out a little but generally in these times of crisis, I yeah. probably stay away from those kinds of shows. And yeah, I definitely am seeking out the laugh right now, like <laughs> comedy specials, which there is no shortage of. Yeah. Um, and then you know, good shows that are meaningful but still joyful. Right, right. So, but overall, kind of checks all those boxes for me. Yeah, and just to kind of touch on that show before we kind of wrap it up, because I know that we wanted to make this a quick, mm-hmm. a quick episode. I did think that Shrill was was sort of borderline getting to that area of being a um, very predictable show, right? Yeah. Of, of the formula of like this is like her being um, over like not, I, I don't want to say fat. You can say but, fat. You know, like her being what, fat yeah. um, was, was kind of the defining mm-hmm. thing of her character, but she she is showing nuance she's mm-hmm. showing a lot of that stuff that makes think, her really funny and yeah uh i like being surprised like that i like yeah i think um for a little bit i was concerned that it would be too preachy um yeah, and there yeah, are moments so. where it can kind of wander into that territory but um at the same time i think that a lot of what the show is saying needs to be said so you know Maybe it can come off as preachy sometimes, but I think that they work the content into the show in such a way that it doesn't necessarily yeah. always feel that way. Yeah, and like you say, it's effective at, at being joyful. Yeah. Even even the stakes, they do feel elevated. They're, they're There's the a right lot amount. of points in the show where the stakes are pretty high. But you, you feel like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You, f- you do feel like uh, everyone is kind of rooting for her to figure shit out or yeah. to kind of get it right. And that's pretty healthy right now. Mm-hmm. It's the right kind of show yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, um, I definitely think it's worth watching and do highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and do a quick tink to, to that one. That one's an invisible tink because we, uh, we did our drinking yesterday, so we can't <laughs> yeah. really drink on a Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, it's Easter's, mm-hmm. so you can't drink during Easter's. Drink wine. We're going to drink wine during Easter's. <laughs> but for now, we want to leave you uh, to enjoy the rest of your day or evening or whenever you might be listening to this. Uh, I hope that you are doing well and you are staying safe. And please wash your hands. Be careful out there. And anything else you'd like to add? No, just, you know, it's, it's, 
this isn't this too shall pass it's not gonna be forever you know i try to tell myself that every day yeah it's all you I'm, can I'm, really i legit okay i'm just to be honest to throw it out there and i've talked to you about this i thought like this was a death sentence for like half the country and myself when this first came out <laughs> when the first calls to to start quarantining but i feel a lot better now i feel like these uh, states of of hysteria have have been winding down mm-hmm. but it all, all it takes is just being open about whatever fears or concerns you might be having and yeah. your community your people your friends and loved ones uh will will help you through this and just be sure to help each other too and help them yeah um, and we will, we will continue. Yeah, we'll get through this. Yeah. So for now, I think we might, uh, do you want to just leave it on for a couple of minutes so they can hear the furnace? <laughs> we could do that. I think they have enough. Uh... Okay. <laughs> well, folks, have a great night. Good night. Good night.